You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. I used to think this day was called Monday Thursday. Am I the only one? Um, Which, of course, makes no sense whatsoever, Monday Thursday. Uh, But it's actually called Maundy Thursday, which also makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, Until you realize the word Maundy originates from the Latin mandatum. Amy, did I say it right? Okay. She's our Latin teacher. (laughs) I didn't. Um, And Maundy. Mandatum, which means a command or an order. And later, when we hear the gospel reading for today, it will recount the Last Supper when Jesus gathered with his faltering friends for a meal that tasted of freedom and how he got up from the table and he tied a towel around his waist and began to wash the feet of his disciples. And then he said that he gives us a new mandatum, a new commandment uh, that we love. He commanded his followers to love as he loved. This is how everyone will know that we are his disciples if we have love for one another. So on Monday, Thursday, we commemorate that night when Jesus established the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, Holy Communion, where we eat this bread and drink this cup and proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, where we receive the body and blood of Christ, where we behold who we are and become what we receive. And on Monday, Thursday, we wash one another's feet because this is Christ's command that we love one another love one another. I've been thinking about that all week and how simple it sounds, but how hard it is. Not the loving others part, although that's plenty hard, especially because humans can be difficult. No, the thing I've thought all week is how hard it is to be loved, to receive it, to feel worthy of it, to not flinch when it's given. Sometimes it's really easier to give than to receive. So I've been thinking about how Jesus received love. The Gospels tell us that Jesus had friends. Uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus weren't his disciples. They were his friends. Perhaps they were friends with whom he could relax. (laughs) I imagine it was in their home that he could be more than Messiah. He could just be a guy. He could be seen for all he was, not just teacher and rabbi. Maybe it was at his friend's house that they gave him a hard time. Uh, Teased him a little to let him know he was loved. Loved him a lot, not just for his work as a healer and teacher, but also for just being him. All of him. I like to think he was loved in a really particular way at their house. He went back there for a dinner party, you know, to, uh, to Mary and Martha's house after 
he raised their brother Lazarus from the dead. It was, uh, it was actually just five days before the night he was betrayed by his disciples, whose feet he would have just washed. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus hosted a dinner party for Jesus, a small gathering, I imagine, with good food and great wine and amazing friends. And there they were, lounging at the table, finishing off the last of the hummus, when suddenly Mary is carrying a small jar of nard, a very costly perfume, one used to anoint the dead. She carried this jar over to her friend she loved so dearly, who had saved her brother, her brother whom she and Martha loved so dearly. This friendship with her family cost Jesus uh, more than just his freedom. I mean, the authorities sought to arrest him after he raised Lazarus. After all, if they let him go on like that, everyone would believe in him and no one would believe in the authorities. So the drama was building at this point. That night, Mary carried some perfume over to her friend Jesus. This friendship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus cost Jesus more than his freedom. It cost him his heart. Remember that famous Jesus wept verse? Well, that was when he stood at Lazarus' tomb. He loved them. But they also loved him. And we don't really talk about that much, the way in which Jesus was loved. We speak of how he showed love, gave love, was love. But what about the way in which he received love? Mary removed the cork stopper from the jar she carried, and perfume filled the room, infusing it with a sad beauty. She loved him. She loved Jesus enough to cook for him, laugh with him, tease him, cry with him, and now anoint his feet for him with the perfume she bought, knowing he'd soon be killed. See, she'd seen death take Lazarus, and she knew it was also coming for the one who had raised him. Everyone got really quiet as she reached for the feet of her friend and covered them with perfume and wiped them with her unbound hair. Mary washed his dusty feet, covered them with nard, and wiped them with her hair. I've wondered all week, How did he receive this love? Was he like me, hesitant, suspicious, resistant? Was he needy, embarrassed? Did he try and get her to stop? Or did he receive this love with a heart that was open, knowing it was what he needed to get through the last week of his life? I don't know. But I do know that five days later, he was reclining at the dinner table with his disciples, finishing off the last of the hummus, when suddenly he is carrying a small basin of water over to Peter and the others. Having loved his own, he loved them to the end, the gospel says of that night. He washed their dusty feet and dried them with a towel that he had tied around his waist, I do not know how he received the love from Mary 
in the moment she offered it to him, but given what he did at dinner five days later, I know that Jesus became what he received. We know this is how it works, that hurt people hurt people, and forgiven people forgive people, and loved people love people. But that doesn't make it any easier to have your feet washed. It doesn't make it any easier to receive love well. But it's hard to be love. I mean, it seems like it wouldn't be. I mean, love me for my writing? Fine. Love me for my work? Okay. Love me for me, just me, all of me, everything I am, good and bad? That stings. It feels like a trap. I'd rather earn love in some way because I was good or it was reciprocal or because the only reason someone loves me is because they don't really know me. But love without condition for all of who I am, good and bad, stings because it brings up all the ways I don't feel worthy of it. It reminds me of all the ways I've loved poorly or not at all. But receiving it, allowing ourselves to receive love, that's how we become loving. You want to give it, it has to come from somewhere. Jesus knew what was about to go down later that night. He kept telling them that he would be betrayed and denied and handed over to be killed. What I mean is that after it all went down, Jesus wasn't like, man, I can't believe I washed the feet of those guys and then they treat me like this. He knew them, good and bad, and still he loved them. I give you a new commandment, Jesus said to his disciples that night, after he washed their feet, that you love one another. I've set you an example. This is how everyone will know you're my disciples, that you love. I've always heard that as a command to be loving, and yes, it is that. But does it not also imply that we are commanded to receive love as well? I mean, if everyone gave and no one received, the commandment would never be fulfilled. And yet we seem to only focus on how Jesus wants us to love others when in fact we are also the others whom Jesus wants to receive love. That's our Lord's economy. Let us love one another. Let us become what we receive. Not because we're good, but because we're loved. Amen.